What's up, my miners of intelligence and consciousness? I'm Rick Brooks, and this is Rick Mo Rick's Mind. Today with me, I have one of my best friends, Andrew Allen. Uh, we're doing this uh, remotely uh, since he is in Toledo, Ohio. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Andrew. What's up? What's up? Glad to be here, man. Dude, um, so it's been a while since I've seen you. The last time I was actually able to see you was in Denver when you were living there, and then you uh, dip set out of there and moved <laughs> Toledo, Ohio, man. So what's that, uh, what's kind of the difference that you've noticed coming from a, a dope city such as Denver and then ending up in Toledo and how the hell did you get there? Dude, we had a wild time when you were in Denver. <laughs> and I missed that. That was the last time we've seen it. That's crazy. It doesn't even seem that long ago. Yeah, man. That, the world was definitely different at that point. Was that the time that I missed my flight? No, that wasn't that time. But I think you came down and there was like a short little stay. I think you were only here for like a night even or a day, two days tops. Yeah. Um, I think it was right around this time. It had been right around Christmas or right before in December. But like no, man, I'm out here in, in uh, Toledo, Ohio right now. And it's crazy the difference between Denver and Toledo, Ohio. You see, you see it all. Like you can see like Denver was getting gentrified over here is just very poor, very, you know, less opportunity. A lot of the industry jobs have left. Uh, so like you see it, uh, Krista and I always, we just go for fun. Like we'll just go on Zillow and try to find the most expensive, like estate you could find. And you can't even find a house for a million dollars here in this area, even in the Troy area, Michigan, uh, or in Denver where most, most nice houses were starting out at a million dollars. So yeah. it's like the wealth gap and everything is crazy. Um, but the most part, man, it's been, it's been cool. It's been cool. Yeah. But you can live like a King out there. Like I, I think you showed me one of the links you could get for what $450,000. You can get like a lake front, front property uh, on the outskirts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lake Huron, man. That's one of the nicest lakes I've been to. One of the great lakes. And that's another thing. What's crazy is going from the mountains to the lakes uh, when I was in Denver, man, I really wasn't big of a, a mountain person. Like I would kind of go up there and kind of dabble, maybe make a snowball or something like that. I do a snow angel, but like I wasn't ski skiing or snowboarding. Yeah. And then coming out here, like you hear lake and like they do, they should have a different word for lake because it's an ocean, man. These things are gigantic. Have you seen any of the lakes? Have you ever been to a great lake or seen any of them? No, man, that's actually a part of the country I haven't really explored. Um, I was supposed to go out to Chicago this year but you know as we know all my travel plans pretty much got canceled which is unfortunate but i mean since i mean you're living in toledo eventually i know i understand your wife just got the vaccine and uh i mean as soon as i get vaccinated i'm probably gonna start hopping on some planes because it's been way too long since i've been out of this state and i'm i got the travel bug in me man there's a lot of shit that i want to see yeah it's dealing you know with really crazy too about that like i'm not gonna name any names or anything but like i've seen a lot of people who are working who work in the health field or maybe be nurses doctors whoever or teachers or educators or whoever people that you think should know and they're traveling all over like and i'm not going to judge someone like i know do what you need to do who knows everyone's story is different but sometimes i'm looking like man you work in the hospital and you see what's going on and you're still going to mexico right now i've been seeing a lot of that but like i'm not judging them like i don't like, you know i'm not the, the one to tell them they sh can or can't know what to do but i just feel like i want to travel because it's been do you know what they called it covid19 because it started in 2019 and here we are almost to be in 2021 to put it in perspective we've been doing this for a while i'm actually glad you i'm actually glad you mentioned that because you know uh there's a people a few people at my gym uh that actually had it in december of 2019 some of them even got it in october and they actually had to go to the doctor and they're like you have some sort of sars virus most people that i know will say Oh, you know, I got this and uh, I, I think I had it last year. I'm like, dude, you're full of shit. You probably had the flu. But this guy's like, no, nah, dude, we had to go to the, we had to go to the, the hospital, uh, had a respiratory infection and uh, they didn't know what it was. We lost all sense of smell and taste. Like, oh shit, man. So I didn't even know about this. Like it, it definitely has been here a while. It's good you, you point that out. I actually was ignorant to that. I did not know that that was what it was, why it had the 19 on it. That's kind of funny. Yeah, sure. 
So it's just, it's just kind of crazy to put in perspective because you remember even when it started getting bad, they're like, all right, we'll just shut down for two weeks. And you're like, okay, I could do two weeks. And then it gets, all right, well, now we're going to do a month. All right, now we're going to just wait till summer. And it just keeps increasing. You're like, oh, this ain't going away. This ain't going away. So, no, it's definitely but, not. One of the, go ahead. But as I say, but you know, like it, it's been a long time. I think everyone's just kind of confused and don't really know what to do, what to believe. And then some days you could feel one way, and the next you can feel another way. Like some days I feel I wake up and I'm like, all right, like let's let's you know be safe, let's social distance, let's not travel. Then there are some days I'm like, you know what? Let's just let's just let's just open it. Let's just open. It. Let's just do it. You know. So I have like an own internal conflict with myself, and you know, I don't know. I'm really really excited and anxious to see like how it's going to like continue on in 2021. Well, one of the things I do want to point out to our listeners is I've been, you know, I talk to you almost every day and I, I've been inspired by you because you know, 2020 has been the best year of my life. I've crushed it. I've learned more. I've had more personal growth and, and I've actually, it's been really cool to watch you grow during 2020. 20. You recently got into mountain biking. You've put a priority into physical activity, getting into shape. And like, I think it's really cool that you are using this time to better yourself. And I mean, if you want to tell the listeners anything that like sort of what you've learned from your experiences of being locked down and how you've used it to better yourself. I know they'd love to hear it. Yeah, man. Like, so I actually just got into like the mountain biking and like even working out because luckily in Toledo, our gyms are still open. So uh, they're half capacity and, you know, you still have to wear your mask and stuff. But anyway, I started getting the physical activity to really save my mental, my mentality, because we moved clear across the country. Like my f- nearest families in Oregon um, don't know anybody out here. Like we didn't have any friends, family, you know, came to a city we didn't know. A city that's pretty rough around the edges. They have all kinds of their own problems and whatnot. And so I got here like instantly got real lonely real sad like it took me a while to find a job and my job didn't start until like august so pretty much i had all summer to like you know figure something out and then my wife she's just busy the the residents they work six days a week 10 to 14 hour days you know and that's just what it is and so i had to really kind of figure out like i need to find a hobby that i enjoy i need to find a hobby that is gonna make me like feel better and mountain biking was one of those things I've been wanting to get into. And then subsequently with the, the rise of this whole shutdown, mountain biking and biking in general just blew up. I don't know if you've even seen the numbers. Mountain bikes, they, they can't even fill their stores. If you were to go to a, a bike shop, you wouldn't even be able to walk out there with a the bike. You'd have to get one order and they have to build it for you. Um, they're back ordered for months. I guess the bike industry is like exploded quite quadrupled or if not more so it's if you're in the bike business it's good it's good time right now so i got lucky right on my birthday and i just walked in there and they had a one that just came in they built it for me so biking and working out has been a real real part of my uh, life right now because you can just hop on a bike and you can be by yourself you can do it and don't have to wait for people you can go explore the city it's a way of transportation it's fun. It's exciting. So like, I think if you haven't gotten a bike or if you're curious and don't know, like go check it out, go to your local bike shop, talk to the people. It's always exciting to join a new community. Um, you know, I think before my communities are like sports, I could talk shop about football, basketball, whatever. But you know, when you're talking to someone who's into mountain biking talking about derailers and, you know, drop seat posts and stuff like that and how much travel your bike. Has, whoa, you know, whoa, t- so I'm out. I have no idea what you just said. What language you speak? Right, exactly. Yeah, what is that, man? So like a, a seat poster. So like usually downhill mountain bike, they have a little switch on your your handlebars that can drop the seat of your uh bike so you can like get you can have more control over it. And then you can pop it back up when you start to climb the hills too. Uh Oh, that's pretty yeah, sweet. it's crazy. Yeah, that. so there's just a lot of things you learn. So it's kind of a fun thing to learn about something that like I was so new to, man. Like I'm trying to get you to get a bike. I would love for us to be able to go on mountain bike ride somewhere. Would you ever get a bike? I mean, uh, yeah, I would definitely get a bike. I, I took a uh, little vac- mini vacation this this summer over to Sun River, and uh, I ended up renting a bike, man. And I just was 
hitting the trails and stuff. And it's one of those things where you forget how much fun you had as like a kid riding a bike. There's a certain level of freedom that you just don't think about. Like, so I, I would definitely be interested in getting a mountain, mountain bike. But to be honest, I have so many fucking hobbies, man. I'm trying to, I'm trying to eliminate some, you know, I've got this, I've got like the weight lifts, do a little bit of fishing. I've got all sorts of shit I got to do, but yeah, I'm in, I'll probably do it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I just wanted to like a hobby because I think I'd never really had one. Like I've never been the person to be like, Oh, let me call Andrew because he, he can fix that. Or he kind of knows about that. And so I'm like, gosh, I should like find something. And I was actually talking to Krista today and my new hobby is going to be sewing. What? Yep. I need to learn to sew because all my sweatpants and most of my clothes have holes in them and I'm so cheap. And so instead (laughs) of wanting to buy, buy new clothes, I'm just going to sew them up because she gives me so much shit about you need new clothes. This has a hole in it. Your pants have a hole in it. Your socks have a hole in it. So I'm going to get a sewing machine, man. Yeah, so we had a little bit, sorry, listeners, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty. You're still working out the kinks on this, these mobile things. But, yeah, you're talking about a sewing machine. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things I want to learn how to do because my mom did it, and uh, I feel like that's going to be one of those things that you, it's going to be useful to to know how to do once this apocalypse happens in the future. You know, I feel like I want to be able to learn how to sew, hunt, stitch. Because Krista, she can stitch a wound. And I was like, huh, well, there we go. Maybe she can stitch a wound. I can stitch the clothes. Who knows? I want like not even just sewing, but just like all kinds of like things that I feel like are going to help you because we've gotten soft, man, in this digital world. We have gotten soft in this digital world. We definitely have, man. Like, uh, so you're kind of doomsday. You're you're planning on doomsday scenarios, right? Well, you've got a leg up on most of the population because you married a doctor. I mean, that's part of the reason why I went out to Toledo is is for her to, she's she's not only that, she's an ER doctor. So you're going to leg up on the rest of us. So people are going to let you join their bands for sure. I've never been much of a doomsday prepper or like person until I moved out here to Ohio. And when you're away from family, you're away from friends, like you don't really have a sense of community to go to. I'm like, man, if shit hits the fan we're going to be on our own. Like it's going to be a long, long road to get back to Oregon to be around family. Um, so that's yeah. been crossed my mind a lot lately. That is very, very, very interesting. Um, so, well, one of the things you're going to have to do in order to be, to get any sort of prep, let's just fuck it, fuck it. Let's just gameplay this right now. You're going to need to acquire as much wealth as you can to buy supplies. Mm-hmm. If I was going to do the first thing I would do is when, when I'm going to buy toilet paper or, or that's the thing, first thing that pops in my head is TP, right? <laughs> this is the least you buy. Instead of buying one package, you buy two. You just you to start stocking up on canned foods and yeah. goods, bullets. You need a lot of bullets. Um, so if you can buy, instead of buying one case, you buy two, just kind of double up and slowly build your collection throughout the yeah. year. That's got to be your goal for 2020. I try to, you need guns. <laughs> I tried stockpiling uh, booze when the first lockdown hit. Like, because in mm-hmm. Denver, they actually closed liquor stores and the pot shops for about two, three hours. And so I ran to the liquor store to try to like stockpile booze. And I bought enough booze to last me like a month that ended up lasting me four days. So he <laughs> <laughs> just raged for four days. Bro, I just got drunk. Like, I went through like, in two days, I went through 40 cans of IPAs, like heavy, hazy IPAs. Um, we're doing shots. Um, yeah, it was bad. So I don't know how to stockpile like booze, and but ammunition, I think, would be good. Uh, I'm telling Krista to start stealing from the pharmacy. Because we <laughs> Shut need, up. <laughs> we need antibiotics. We need all that good stuff. We need some benzos, some barbiturates, you know, just whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can trade booze. So I used to watch one of these prepper, uh, one of those prepper store or like TV shows or whatever. One guy, his whole plan was to trade booze. Um, and I think that'd be a good, that'd be a good source of currency is alcohol. I mean, if you knew how well, to make alcohol, like that's another thing you'd have a little yeah, supply. That, that's another thing I'm to learn about, but dude, the good thing is this for the next three months, I'm not gonna have to worry about that. Does the world know what's about to happen or 
can we break the the news here? What's going to happen January first? Uh, break it, dude. You break it. Okay, so well, Ricky, Rick, and I have decided that we will embark on another challenge. You've already completed it, um, as I know. Um, but we're doing the seventy-five hard challenge, and this is my first time doing it. And I, as of right now, I'm really excited. I've been pumped. I've been motivated. We've been talking about it. But as it gets closer and closer, I would be lying to to you if I told you I'm not a little bit like nervous for it. Well, you sh- you you shouldn't be nervous because it's not that bad. You have a list of tasks you have to do. And then just for the listeners, I'm sure that you guys have heard me talk about this before, but I'll, I'll talk about it again. I can't say enough about this program. You have a series of rules and you have to drink a gallon of water a day, take a progress picture every day, read 10 pages of a nonfiction book every day, do workouts uh, every day. One it's got to be a, excuse me, both workouts, 45 minutes. One needs to be outside. Uh, you need to pick a diet slash eating plan and stick to it. And you have to do those things for 75 days in a row. And I may have missed one or two challenges, but you can find out more about that on Andy Fiscarella's website. Um, that's the guy that invented it. And basically, this is to teach you a mentality to harden your mind. Callous your mind, if you will. And all you steal that from David Goggins, you get a little bit harder because you realize there's no slack, there is no cheating or off days. And I think at the end of it, you learn that you can really do anything you put your mind to. Um, and it's hard, and there are days that you want to quit, but you just persevere. Failure is a, is not an option. Uh, and if you approach it like that, that you're, you're going to get it in no matter what. I mean, there were days that I on this challenge ran at you know, one in the morning and, and, it, and it doesn't end at midnight. It ends, it ends when you go to bed because in the, in the real world and life and business, sometimes you need to stay up till three to get shit done. So I, I talked, talked to Andrew into it and we're going to do it. Um, I mean, also it's a good time to announce that there's going to be a, a website kind of um, that we already have ricksmind.com where, you can go and kind of follow along on these challenges. Join the church of the chubby, ladies and gents. Join the yeah. church of the chubby. Then I, you brought a good point, man. Like it's not going to be for the physical thing. I wanted to do this to sharpen my mind. Um, I've been really, really, since I've been here by myself, I can, I've been less disciplined. It's like, Oh, I can sleep in or I can eat this extra dessert or go to fast food or do this. And, Really, nothing's been helping keep me held accountable. So this is just one exercise I want to do to really sharpen my discipline and, you know, start reaching some goals. Oh, yeah, man, this is definitely going to help you attain these goals for sure. Do you have any other goals that you're going to shoot for for 2021? You know, uh, yeah, I've been kind of thinking in the back of my mind. Uh, I think I need to have a good mix of short term and long term goals. Uh, I've been joking with Chris that we've been counting the months till we move. Uh, and I think that's been kind of like, a, it's been a joke, but I think I have been kind of in a bad headspace where I'm like trying to rush to get this, this chapter over with, you know, I'm in a rush to get back home and to move or for her to be a doctor. And I realized I need to kind of like just sit back and really be in the moment and enjoy this ride. Uh, so I think my goal for this is for, I get my mentality is to be, be in the moment enjoy this process enjoy being toledo enjoy the struggles i'm gonna learn or see gonna enjoy just everything the small things because i've been kind of just trying to rush this next three years it's not gonna go any faster if i try to rush it so i'm just gonna just take it easy go day by day and just really really embrace it and live in the moment man dude that's what it's about man yeah it sounds pretty hippy dippy but i think really trying to live in the moment and embrace embrace this and take it in well i mean dude you need a little bit of woo-woo in your life you definitely do you need a little bit of everyone needs a little woo-woo uh and that's how that's you know that's personally what i believe it's it's good i I, like i believe that when you wake up one of the things i've tried to start doing is you know today's going to be an awesome day or today's going to be an amazing day if you set the tone 
for your day to be a good day. Like you, you might have some bad shit happen, but like at the end, you started off on the right foot, right? Um, I think that little stuff like that doesn't hurt. It'll, it'll only help you in the in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know that's for sure. But so you're you're you. What are some of the long term goals that? In, in a, I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but what are some of your long-term goals for 2021 slash into the future? For 2021, uh, so first completing the 75 hard, that's going to be like the short-term goal, which is in turn going to be, you know, just doing it every day. By the long-term is I want to be able to coach again. I'm going to start going back in that and coach football, and I'm going to try to coach track. I think I want to get more involved in my community with the sports aspect of it. Actually, we got pretty devastating news. Another kid from the high school I coached just was murdered last night. It was a 16-year-old girl. Uh, Toledo's been having a real, real problem with gun violence, man. I think this is at least 50th homicide, if not more, already. They're they're on pace to break some kind of crazy record. There's been a lot of gun violence, a lot of shootings. Um, I think there's another kid in August who was a basketball player. He got shot from start high school where I coach. Uh, it's been real crazy here. The violence is nuts. And you're definitely in the hood, but like what, what kind of, is it just all over drugs? I didn't like how gang riddled is the school system that you're working with? It's, it's, it's a microcosm of 2020, man. These kids aren't in school. They haven't been in a classroom since March. Uh, they still won't be in all January. So you think about it, you have thousands of kids who at least were able to be in some sort of structure in the school and then only maybe had a few hours in the evening or whatever to to go do their extracurricular activities. So now they're they're home all day. And you have a lot of kids with nothing to do. They have social media who can just go on Snapchat or whatever, talk crap, whatever, and just be stupid. Um, there's kids, they'll play basketball games and they'll be betting like $700 one-on-one games and then someone will win and then someone will shoot up the park. You know, that happened in like July. Uh, you have kids just being young, immature, you know, and then with them being no jobs, nothing to do. It's just, it's not good, man. I wouldn't say it's necessarily gangs either. I think it's just kids being stupid. Um, really? Yeah, I think, like, it's just, and it's domestic stuff too. It's not, like, every shooting has not been gang-related. It's been domestic stuff. It's been accidental. Maybe, I know some kids were just messing around on Snapchat with showing the gun with their friend and actually shot somebody. It's, oh, it's stuff like that, so... That's so, that's so sad, man. That's so sad. Definitely got to be edu- properly educated when handling firearms. But then I, mean, I, I had a totally different um, environment. I grew up in a different environment than that. I'm more of a rural person. And so I've been around those. But fuck, dude. As I'm looking, uh, DeMarco just shot me a little message. Your chance of being in a, a victim of violent crime in Toledo is 1 in 117. And uh, property crime is 1 in 26. It's yeah. pretty fucking hot. <laughs> That's no, crazy. It's it's it is crazy. Like one of the first things, like when Krista got here for their training was, you know, because doctors work crazy hours and they're off all kind of times at night. And they say like if you're off between like midnight and five a.m. and you're at a stoplight, just run it. They're like, don't stop at a stoplight or a stop sign because you might get carjacked. Or you might see be some stuff. So they're saying, like, just get home. Like, don't get don't go out for gas. There's a little uh, gas station like a half mile from my house if you go there around 1 a.m on a saturday night it looks like a scene from like fast and Furious. like there's so many cars and like so many so many people out there i'd say like 500 people in this little gas station every weekend and since i've been here i don't think i've been out past 10 p.m here no shit yeah like obviously the coronavirus has been uh, you know, big part of that, but like, there's really no point to be out late here anyway. What is there to do in Toledo? Um, and like, I don't want to get wrong. I'm not trying to dog Toledo because it's a it's a cool area. Like, I think the area is really cool. I think it's the timing and being here is is the whole nation's been 
affected by this, but you know, I think whatever mine and Chris's jobs, we just see, we see kind of the worst of it because she works for the ER. And so you're, she's seeing everyone who is in crisis all the time. My job too, I'm working with a lot of the at-risk teens who are the kids who are, it's called like the SPED program. And it's kids who, you know, need extra help that have been usually kicked out, suspended from their main, their main schools, whatever reason. And so you kind of just see in like that part of the, of the city a lot more than other people would be. How many of these do? Oh, what's up? How many of these kids would you say are at risk at like of being homeless or how many of the kids you work with are actually on the streets? Uh, quite a bit. Uh, like a lot of kids like are in foster care and then, oh, uh, yeah, they have a lot of foster parents or foster care. And then they're just one mess up from being kicked out, running away their parents going to jail uh well, like a lot of the kids though like they glorify the streets they like they that's their home that's what takes care of them i have a lot of kids who, who would say they want to do what they're doing and they're rather you know die or go to jail like that's their future how do you about... go ahead i'm sorry to interrupt you Keep, I, say, I, say, I say yeah you try to you know you go try to talk to them and be like hey man like you know this is not not the way and try to help them and try to see and there's some, these kids are not only dealing with well there's stuff but they have mental health issues too they have depression anxiety ptsd whatever else you know you think about these kids are seeing like i've been here for only six months and i've seen a lot of crazy stuff these kids have been seeing their whole lives so you know that ptsd is a, a real thing that they probably don't even know they have um adhd all that stuff and then you combine it with yeah lower socioeconomic violence it's pretty crazy yeah man that's that's so most of the kids you're dealing with they're they're in foster care um they're, i wouldn't say maybe, the most but there's there's definitely there are some kids you know not most but yeah it's like a mix what made you decide to want to do this like because i just i wouldn't i'm not i don't think that i'd be super qualified to try and help the at-risk youth i just don't know like how do you relate to these kids when you're going in and talking to them um because well so my degree is in criminal justice and i'm kind of realized after i graduated i didn't want to like be a part a cog in that system i thought i could help kids before they got into the system you know and so this is kind of the path mm-hmm. me to there like help them out before they go and go to jail and stuff like that and like you, like I was very lucky, very privileged to have the family and love that I did. Like my family is a little different where my dad is black, my mom's white and they're 20 years different. And mm-hmm. what, what if, you know, what if my dad was a bad dad and didn't love me or didn't see me or I didn't, he wasn't a picture. My dad's been the picture every day since day one. My mom's like loved me and taken care of me. And I've never gone without that. Like my sister and aunts and uncles. And I've had like a whole village of community people to raise me to, so I can be this way. And then I see some of these kids who've never had that. And this is why they're in that situation, you know? And so sometimes I'm like, man, like, you know, life is just so crazy. Like I was lucky that I could help. And this kid has this situation. And so that kind of like just puts me in perspective where like, I don't think, I don't ever look at these kids like they're a bad kids or anything like that. I think it's a, they're in a, a tough situation and now they have to work harder to, to write the ship, you know? Yeah, because you would definitely have to work because I don't even know like what my frame of mind would be if, you know, some of my friends were hooked on drugs or like say some of them got murdered or mm-hmm. my parents, my, you know, I have a mom and a dad, which is, and they were great, great parents, yep. big family, same as you. And to not have that and then to have to piece everything together and maybe you get, I mean, if you're in foster care, like, those aren't your real parents and there's fucking we don't have to talk about it but there's horror stories of of kids in that system of the things that happen lots of abuse um so i don't know i mean to me it's like do they ever even have a chance really i don't know like it's just that's a big ass and that i think that's statistically why so many people don't make it out of there. So it's you've got yeah. you know, the deck is stacked against you well see this is that this is you know we're in the trenches right like you I don't know if you've been seeing the hashtags that was trending for a while back that was like hashtag save our children. Well, this mm-hmm. is it. This like, you know, this is what we need to do. Like they, they think that hashtag is like, you know, a blonde little white girl, with blue eyes, who's getting sex trafficked and 
whatever. Well, the really thing is a lot of kids are like hungry, homeless, don't have love, um, that kind of stuff. So when you think about save our children, it's, it, this is what we need to do to save our children. Them not being in school is not saving our children. Uh, I know a lot of people say they're pro-life and you know don't want people to have abortions and i'm not saying you should get abortions but it's like a lot of these people probably would have or could have or should have you know uh then if they're not let's let's get some education about sex education so people are using protective sex uh, protectors when they're having sex and reproductive reproductive uh, stuff because we could see a lot of things be avoided if we could just get the proper education to fund you um it's pretty crazy uh and then like you know even our job that we do is worse we're understaffed underfunded and overworked too so i think being a social worker isn't nearly as glorious as being a doctor or a lawyer or a, or a marine but i'm doc mind, you're not you're not getting paid bro like i would not like i just would not i don't wouldn't do that because i wouldn't i am not have a big enough heart you're an angel that's why you're one of my best friends and b like, dude, that shit would depress the fuck out of me. I would be so sad. But in reality, what you're doing is a better service to society. Like you are trying to protect our children, our youth, our future, which I don't know if we necessarily do the best job of cultivating people at the bottom. You know, and that is a scary thought that we have. I mean, it's so cliche, but, you know, love is the answer, right? That I mean, humans were designed to be loved in my opinion oh, yeah, absolutely. And, um, it's definitely um, it's definitely you need nurture and the thing is too we like you said about the bottom they don't value people at the bottom like our society like our you know university system is so rigged too like what krista had to do to become a doctor is insane since she's a first-year doctor Every single one of her classmates, oh. residents, their parents are doctors or their grandparents are doctors or dad was a lawyer or they had money. She was, she told me a story one time. She was the only person in the financial aid office in med school because everyone else was just paying out of pocket, paying cash. Uh, Krista was the only person in her med school class who didn't go to a private high school or a private uh, four-year university. Every single one of them went to a private high school or a private university. Krista was the only person in her class who had to work full time while she was going to undergrad. Her other friends were able to study and not have a job those four years. Krista had to like pay out of pocket, take out loans to go travel, to go interview to all these places for med school. Their parents paid for it, have the credit card, you know. And you're thinking all that, saying, wow, that's crazy. So when you think you could you put your mind to it, you can do whatever you want, man, it's rigged. It's it's you know it's the rich stay rich and the poor stay poor and luckily Krista had a great support system and was able to do it and she's her good work ethic and everything and she's here but like we're, she's gonna become a doctor and she's gonna have a great salary and whatnot but she's still gonna have to pay those loans back where there's gonna be her a lot of her peers are gonna have to pay in those loans and that interest back and so it's just crazy to think about that even you know like you should want to reward your doctors and want more people to become them but it's even then at the top it's still it's still rigged it's crazy i mean i see what you're saying i see your point right like it's very it's very hard to get there in the amount of debt that you would have to achieve being a doctor it almost seems insurmountable um i don't know like that's not something i I've, i haven't looked into that i mean uh, and another issue that's just popping in my head now is like She's not getting paid shit right now. She's a pretty much a glorified slave, like mm -hmm. uh, during your residency, right? Like how many hours are you having to work? Yeah, she working? She works six. She works six days a week, minimum ten. And that's at like uh, what, like fifty fifty thousand dollars a year or something like that. It's ridiculous. Around about fifty to sixty is like yeah, fifty to sixty is usually what what they do. Average. That's so crazy. So. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's an area I, I couldn't really comment. I don't know anything about it. That's something that you've seen um, in that system. Uh, I'm not a member of it, dude. I could I'm not shit, man. I don't have any interest in being a doctor. That's that's a lot of attention to detail. I can't I, being able to sign for death just seems nuts to me. I couldn't do it. That's too much responsibility for this cat. You know, 
It's just yeah, I've, I've been a, I've known her for years and see how hard she worked. Like this was her dream. But I mean, there's there's a lot of Christas in this world, and that should make us happy that someone is willing to jump through all the hoops in order to get what they want. It's in, it's inspiring to me. Oh yeah, Don't quit her. crazy. I'm, I'm so proud of her, and she's fucking killing it right now. She's still killing it and going to. But I'm just saying, like that her story and what she's did. It's it's not everyone could do that, and I don't think everyone should do that. I think like if you got good grades or were able to, and you want to be a doctor to help people save lives, I don't think you should be put five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars in debt just to try to do that. You know, we I feel like there needs to be some sort of system if we because we have some brilliant people who are poor that maybe could save lives that just couldn't do it simply because they couldn't afford to do it yeah i mean yeah yeah i don't know man it's tough because i agree with you and then part of me doesn't because i always think there's a way there's always a solution like you could write for grants and shit like i don't know though man i don't know enough about it to really take a uh educated in that front to take a position again so and, don't me, and don't get me wrong, like, I don't want it to be so easy where anybody could be a doctor, because I think the reason why being a doctor is so hard, because it is the best of the best. So that's kind of their, their reason why they make it so grueling and so hard. It's almost like football. I remember football did that. Coach Ferg did that to Wesson, man. Like, it was almost yes, a of the fittest. We're, we're going to, we're going to, you know, do this and put you through the ringer and then the, only the fittest are going to survive. So I get that aspect too. Don't get me wrong. But I think after you've you've proven yourself and you could do it and you still have this five hundred thousand dollars in debt. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think there should be something. Isn't there aren't there programs such as like loan forgiveness to where she could go as a doctor and work at underserved communities or rural communities or places like that and then get portions of your loan forgiven? There are some things like that. Um and we've talked to we've actually oh. talked to a financial advisor about that. But again, that's going to be, you know, 10 years of ha- maybe having to live into a place where you don't want to live. And then, you know, yeah, like fucking Alabama or something. Yeah, like fucking Tiger King, Oklahoma, you know, shit like that. So at some point, I feel like, <laughs> hey, we're, gonna, awesome. like we're gonna work so hard. I think we should you know, be able to pick and do and go where it makes you happy. We could go to Montana. Yeah, I know. I'd love Montana. Have you been to Montana? I love Montana. Oh, Montana lawless land, man. I love Montana. Man, so we just scratched it's incredible. Bro, we just scratched off our um our map you got, we got for Christmas. Like you scratched all the states you've been to. And mm-hmm. we pretty much have been everywhere except for the South, man. The South hasn't we haven't been to any place like Florida, that's about it. But we're talking about the have next you been to New Mexico. That's so funny you said that because we actually did not scratch off New Mexico because we've only driven through it and we didn't think that was fair to count because it was dark. Oh no, that counts. Oh, it was dark. It was dark and you just kind of driven through it, so we didn't do too much. So technically, yes, but we thought we should actually have a good a good time. But the place I was going to say about uh, Montana was. We're talking about we want to drive through because we haven't been to North Dakota or South Dakota either. And we want to drive through those and then go to Montana and visit my niece who lives there. Well, if you're going to go to South Dakota and go to the Badlands and um, go to the Badlands is uh, fucking beautiful. Another place that I I enjoyed in in South Dakota was uh, the Black Hills, man. Um, It's incredible. It's a it's a historical gem. That's where the Lakota Sioux, that's where their land was. You can see the Monument of Crazy Horse, uh, and then you can see Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. I hate I hate to I hate to break it to you folks if you loved it. No offense, but this is the most underwhelming thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I thought you think give it the bird. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, it was very underwhelming. But I mean, uh, what's another place? Oh man, what's that town? It's where the that Western movie's based off of. I cannot think of it. Uh, uh, Tombstone. Yeah, Tombstone. I believe is that the town? No, the movie's Tombstone. <laughs> this is gonna drive me nuts. Oh, I think Marco's got me. But um, uh, we were gonna do all that. 
and then uh everything was closed. It was during the pandemic, man, when we drove back to Oregon and we were going to go to Yellowstone. We're going to go do all that stuff. And all the national parks and forests were like closed. So we didn't get to go to any of that. So we're going to make a good trip and do all that stuff. Sorry, Deadwood. Sorry. I'm so sorry. So yeah, national parks and stuff. That's, that's the, that's the dream. When do you think in 2021, 2022, when's your residency done there? Like I said, we had 29 more months, so 2023 will be about April, May, June 2023 when she'll be able to start applying for uh, – she'll have applied by then, but I think June, May 2023. Shit. I didn't know you were there so long, man. That's nuts. Well, looks like I'll be seeing Toledo. <laughs> I will be seeing Hey, Toledo. the summertime is cool. Like, when we first moved here in the summertime, it was so cool. Like we went and did all the Great Lakes. Like I was talking about earlier, the Great Lakes are awesome. Uh, camping, swimming, uh, drive. Michigan is one of my favorite states ever. Michigan's beautiful. Uh, we still haven't made it to the Upper Peninsula, but that's the goal. Uh, Traverse City up there is beautiful. So the winter or winter time has been, bro. Winter time here has been cold. Like this Midwest cold is cold. But I told you, <laughs> bro. I, I told you that there is nothing. Like, uh, like you, you got spoiled in Denver. It's bullshit. The winters there are incredible. Ooh, you get snow and it's gone in two days. You're fucked. Yeah, it's gonna be awful. A lot, lot more snowfall. A lot more cold. Mm-mm. But no, thank yeah, Detroit you. was cool, man. Uh, and once we can go to football games. That was my biggest thing. I wanted to go to the big house. I wanted to go to Columbus, watch Ohio state. Going to go see the Browns. Going to go down Cincinnati, Detroit, Pittsburgh. Like I was to make my rounds at all the stadiums, all the college stadiums, go see Toledo, the Rockets. Um, they got Bowling Green here. Another D one, uh, mm-hmm. Mac, a bunch of Mac schools. So like we went and saw Niagara Falls already. That was pretty cool. But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of exploring for us to do here in the Midwest that I want to do in the next three years. The whiskey bourbon trail, all kinds of stuff. So there are stuff to do. So I I like this area. Uh, I think we just got to do it when the weather's nice, you know. Yeah. Well, was Niagara Falls underwhelming or overwhelming? Uh, It was it was whelming. It was it was cool. It was I think it's something that you should definitely experience. We can. It was cool. It was way bigger than I thought it was. Does that make sense? That's kind of what I was asking. Yeah. Yes, it was. I, I was like, I wonder if it's as big as I think it is. And the, I've never been. the crappy thing was we couldn't go to Canada. And I wanted to see it from the Canadian side because it's right on the border. So you like we we're obviously on the American side. And it's so powerful. It was hard to see the other falls because the mist was so much, you know. Yeah, but yeah. no, it was really cool. Yeah. yeah, no, it was cool. I would recommend it for sure. So yeah, when this all comes down, how far are you from like Toronto? Like I, I could probably about five and a half hours, probably drive. If you go, you can drive on the Canadian side, or you could drive the American side. But you're about five, depending on traffic, too. Five to six hours, I'd say. Well, we're gonna have to plan a trip there then. Yeah, we we saw Niagara Falls, Canada when we were there because that's the other town from Niagara Falls, New York, is Niagara Falls, Canada. Yeah, yeah, that's so nuts. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna bump. You could you could really knock off all these states now that you you're so close to the East Coast. Are you planning on taking a trip into New York City at all? Hop on a plane? Mm, no, not the city, man. Uh, Probably not until COVID cools down. I don't know. New York was pretty much on lockdown. So, yeah. Like, obviously, yeah. like, before we, I guess before we move, yeah. Um, but okay, who knows what this, with this whole travel stuff, it's, it's pretty, because it's hard to go to a place and you can't, like, go really experience it the way you want to experience it, you know? Like, if you go to somewhere and it's yeah. closed, yeah. Like, oh, man, like, what's the point of actually going there unless you can actually do all the things you want to do? 
Yeah, that's very true, man. But I mean, you you definitely are taking advantage of the opportunity you have, like being in a new state. You're you're at least exploring a little bit, even during these times, which is fucking badass. Yeah, no, like you said about my goals, I think one of my big goals was I need to ride, like go on a big bike bike trip, because I'm still so new to this mountain bike community. I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos and kind of just reading things on the internet about like a bike packing trip. Have you ever heard of those? No, I haven't explained. A bike packing trip is like a trip, usually obviously a weekend or longer. Like if you're bad, you, you'll go for weeks. I think her name's Lael Wilcox. You should Google her. She's amazing. She's this female rider who rides like who rides her bike for days. Like she has all these kinds of records of riding from like Nome, Alaska or something like that down to the Continental Divide and riding that from like Alberta, Canada to Mexico or something and it's days. What? But you pretty much just yeah, you pretty much you just pack your bike as much as you can of like a sleeping bag, whatever food, and you just ride your bike and then you pick up shop, just camp for the night, get up and you go again. And it's it's whatever you can fit on your bike and a lot you can't like fit too much. So you can't pack you know a lot of things but then you're gone for like a long time and it seems pretty intense like those are the big professionals and the whatever they do all these crazy crazy courses but i'd like to do maybe like a weekend trip and go out there and go ride my bike somewhere out kind of far to a view camp there for a night then come back out what is this what is this called i've never heard of this what what is what's the sport called bike packing and if you Google or look up, I think her name is Lael Wilcox. She, mm-hmm. she's, she's crazy. She like beats men, like has like some of the records that men would have. And she just stays on her bike constantly. And she's ridden all over from like, yeah, from Canada to Mexico, across the United States. And she, do, and she does it faster every time she does it. This is, I had, I'm, I'm looking at this right now. And I had no idea that this even existed. I'm sure that this is like rock climbing, right? It's one of those weird, obscure, uh, obscure sports. Yeah. Yeah, I had no fucking idea. This is so cool. Yeah. And I can't. It's a synthesis of mountain biking and minimalist camping. It evokes freedom of uh, multi day backcountry hiking, but. With the range and thrill of riding mountain bike, it's about exploring places less traveled, both near and far, via single track trails, gravel, abandoned dirt roads. Carry only essential gear. Ride, eat, sleep, repeat, enjoy. This has got quite. This is what a bizarre. Yeah, you got. You got to also bring that repair safety kit, man. And, and bear Bear mate, where, where are you? Are you trying to do this with like a group of people? Like, maybe, dude, you gotta. I'm, I'm definitely. You need, to, you need to infiltrate this society of people so we can get them back on the podcast yeah. and talk about these crazy trips. Yeah, I follow. This seems like a Facebook group. groups and stuff, and I think I'm gonna try to like go on because there's like a, some bike trails that you can go on as a group, and I'm gonna start doing that and then see where that takes me. Oh yeah, you have to. Have you met anyone? Like, have you been able to to, to kind of correspond with someone in the biking community? Uh, I've just had conversations like on the Facebook group, but like nothing yet. Uh, it's really weird to ride in the wintertime because you have to like a lot of times the trails are closed, and then you can have to wait until it thaws out or it's nice and then it's muddy. So it's harder to get on the trails in the wintertime. But they still do it, especially if it's snow. Okay. They can you can do the snow trail if there's a lot of snow on the trails, but um, it's just kind of hit or miss in the wintertime. Do they do any? There's got to be races like this where you do like a bike packing race. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe, that's not, that's what that Lale, that's what that Lale Wilcox does. It's a race like that, and uh, he kills it. So, how do you find out about so, her? Type in. I think it's L A E L Wilcox. I think. Can't remember. I think I have her on Instagram. I follow her, but her. she's she's a beast. She's a monster. She's broken all kinds of records. Thank you, DeMarco. He's just feeding me this stuff. She's got a wiki. An ultra endurance bike bicycle racer on the Trans Am bike race. I had no idea. Andrew, you may have just sent me down a ride. I didn't know this sport existed. 
Yeah, man. And pretty much like her, what she says is like the reason she's so good. She just never gets off her bike. Like she'll sleep like three hours a time and then just get on this ride constantly. And like, I'm not trying to be like a super, super competitive like that, but I just want to get out and ride my bike to some places. I never thought I could go ride by myself because when I first saw my bike, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I need to get back. Cause I'm getting too far. Now it's like, well, I can go here and then camp here and then keep going. And then there's unlimited places you can go. If you have that. Oh yeah, man. That's, you're definitely right. I'm, I, I just, I just pulled up her Instagram. This is kind of, that's the sort of the nice part about the, the remote pods like this is you're talking about something and I get curious and then, uh, this is nuts. I'm looking at her Instagram right now, and the pictures are absolutely stunning. Good follow. Thanks for the info, man. Look at this. I'm learning stuff. Learn yeah, man. stuff on my and I'm, I've been trying to follow a lot of like black mountain bikers too, because that's another thing. A lot of underrepresented people in this sport or black people. So I think that's another thing too. I want to get get more diversity in that group too, as well. Um, they got brothers who ride bikes. They got brothers that are bull riders, man. Uh, Ezekiel Mitchell. I just bought a book on the black cowboys of that settled the West. I, that's that's something we should actually talk about because this this really revs me up. Like being a black man and like being told that some of the things that I'm into might not be very. Yeah, oh, there it is. Demarco, you see that image you just sent? That's that's the exact. Uh, it's just called it's called um oh, my brain's not working but um i can't think of the name but yeah, there's this book about about these people that were these, these brothers and sisters that settled the west but uh i think that it's really cool getting like people that oh nat loves this name thank you um it's cool seeing black people of color in like matt being a on a mountain bike or, or remember James Bubba Stewart, the, the, the motocross guy who was tearing it up for a while. It's just nice. Tiger Woods, yeah. Tiger Woods, blazing trails, man. Like man. it's cool. We, we can do, we, sh, we, sh, it just seems like sometimes there's a stereotype of the things we should like the music we should like and, and whatnot. Yeah, and absolutely. when you go against that, like people might look at you funny and I've never understood that. I don't want to be, def- I don't want to be in a box. Basically is what I've been railing against my entire life. I actually saw but, a good episode of uh big mouth. You still watch big mouth, that cartoon on Netflix. Yes. And well, the whole season was because after the BML BLM stuff and everything, they got controversy because there's a Jenny slate was a white actress voice in a black character who was very like whitewashed. And so this this whole season has been like an episode of her, like, code switching and trying to act black or talk black and and it's actually a pretty relevant episode and that's actually pretty good for like a big mouth episode it's been kind of you know big mouth is just fart garbage shit dick jokes but <laughs> yeah I thought, I thought that was a good episode about like code switching because i could relate to you know like some places you're not black enough or you're too black or yeah that sounds white or this um, like a lot of people here say, think I'm like light skinned and then I'm whitewashed and I sound like Patrick Mahomes, which I still don't see that, but everyone I'm not going to do kind of sound like Patrick Mahomes, but it's that's good. still crazy. <laughs> I, can, I don't hear it, but I'll take it. Yeah. It's a compliment. It's a compliment. He's a face of the NFL. I will. If you have anybody comment, uh, comment, anything like that. Shit, Samuel White Rock. Did you Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That shit hurts, that shit hurts my feelings so much, dude. Yeah. It always no, has. I, definitely being like being like mixed and light skin, like you can be discriminated by white people and black people. You know, like I'd be around my black people, and then they say I sound and act white, and then I'll be around my white friends, and I black and look black and whatever. So you can, it's uniquely, you know, you can see it on both ends. And like what you were saying earlier, that's why I just had to worry about me. I'm going to do me. I'm not going to worry about what other people think or how I should act or sound or what I should like, you know. And it took me until about like high school because I remember middle school, younger, that was a a thing. I would go visit my dad and I'm like, all right, I'm around all my black family. So I got to try to sound and black or whatever, you know, and then 
then I'm with all my white friends. And so now I should learn how to skateboard because they're all doing that, even though I don't really <laughs> skateboard, you know, <laughs> like just stuff like that. So it's whatever. So they realize I'm just going to do what I like. And that's, that's just my advice to anybody who may feel or have experienced that themselves. I would say, yeah, I would say do, do what you want to do because you only have one life to live and fuck what people think, man, because we're all going to die. And as far as I know, that's it. Maybe, maybe there's something more, but like, you just gotta, you just gotta do what makes you happy at the end of the day. And I think it's cool to see, um, like, I just, there's just a lot of, there's just, I guess my issue and why I get so passionate about it is just like, I mean, there's a lot of our history that has been taken from or forgotten. Like, I mean, I'm looking at all these pictures of these black people riding bulls and riding horses and shit. And there's a black rodeo in Houston. And like, it's just like that shit's been taken away from us or from, and when you're into that or you're interested in it, like the people are like, Oh no, only white people do that. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not, that's, that's, that's not real. Like that's not, that's it, not the truth. So it seems to me that like the, like the white supremacy or whatever, like the thing is that they're scared of black people to get to more things. Like they think that black people should only be able to throw a basketball or rap or whatever. And I think they're kind of scared or they don't want black people to, to venture out and do other things is kind of like a, a, a way to keep them down. And it's like, Oh, you have to either play basketball, rap, or whatever but yeah like don't go fucking playing water polo now because you might be the next <laughs> best water polo or something like that you know i think there's some sort of issue there and then kind of going back to what i was saying earlier there's just not much access like so i went to cherry yeah. i used to work at cherry creek high school and cherry creek high school is in the suburbs of denver colorado and it's one of the richest schools i've ever been a part of my entire life like uh, Douglas County, I think it's still, when I was there, it was one of the top five richest counties in the nation. Crazy rich. And they had swimming, they had tennis, they had all kinds of stuff, like debates, whatever. And they're just things that kids here will never even have a chance to access, you know? There's no swimming pools that they can go swim in or whatever that's at the school. And so a lot of it, too, those kids just don't have access to these things. And I think if we can somehow get kids that can access it, they might they might be into it. They might be the new water polo champion or whatever, you know? I think that the one sport that's done the best job of that is skateboarding. Because I follow, like, skate crunch mag and skate culture. I have no idea why. I've, I do not belong on a skateboard, but I just think it's fast, fascination because, like, it fascinates me, just the culture of it. And they've done a really good job of like branching out all over the world into all different ethnicities and stuff. And I just, you look at it and it's just a mixed bag of, of derelicts fucking shredding. I love, I love skate culture. I love that about it, man. It's just, I know I met a kid when I went to school with him. He's like, you know, I, you know, I, I do have an internship uh, in Compton and all that, like a lot of other hoods. He's like, we go in there, we give people skateboards and we try and get skate parks built for these kids. Cause he's like, we want to grow our sport and we want everyone to skate because it's awesome. And it's for, it's like hip hop. It's for disenfranchised youth a little bit. People that like don't have a home. And then, so they create a culture that is that home. And that's, I mean, that's what I've always kind of related with hip hop because you go back to the eighties when it started, it was fucking wild, weird people that started this. Cause they didn't, they could, they didn't fit in anywhere else. I mean, now it's pretty mainstream now, which is sad, but um, any, any sort of movement along those lines, starts out with people that don't belong that are misfits mm -hmm. that find each other the same thing with you have synth you have you have that in edm like rave culture that was all poor weird kids and yeah, now UFC? it's mainstream. yeah ufc yeah oh yeah tap out all those strange yeah it's 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 all good man and i, I love that I, I think that and that's what we're going to build at the church of the chubby is a place for misfits that are trying to get better, right? Like that's what it's about. That's what this website, that's what this podcast is, podcast is about is expanding our minds and talking to different types of people and, and learning and growing and not being married to any ideas. I want it to be a marketplace for ideas and I want to have all sorts of people on the show. So, I mean, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me and honestly, it was a surprise. I talked to you every day and I didn't know about the sport. So you're holding out on me. Took you getting on the show to fucking tell me that. So, hey, man, I appreciate it. you. Have anything else that you'd like to kind of 
any messages you want to promote or any anything else before we wrap this up? No, man. Like I said, just 75 hard starts right here. So I'm going to need you again. And hopefully we can do these during the 75 hard and kind of see how our minds are oh, yeah. changing. Something like that. So uh, it'll be uh, exciting to see, man. Yeah, Andrew, Yeah, plug your Instagram. Where do people follow you? I'll, I'll give mine out as well. Uh, man, just follow me on my Xbox, What About the Truth, a.k.a. Twisted Ebony. Let me game on there. Hopefully I'll be gaming here pretty soon. I'm going to get my Twitch up. Uh, keep the, keep the, keep an eye out for that because I'm going to be gaming, streaming here pretty soon, and I can't wait. I love it. I love it. All right, guys, you can find me at Rick Ross 51 rik Ross R O S S five one on my Instagram. And then I don't know, do I have a Twitter marker? I don't know. Uh, I'll put that in the show notes, man. I appreciate it. And uh, you guys stay curious. All right, Peace. Thanks Peace. for listening.